fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, it's the Voice of Reason. Hey, welcome into it. It is a midweek celebration. I am Andy Hoosier. Great to have you along for the ride today. Boy, oh boy, what a night it was last night. How many indiv- show fans, how many... Ended up playing the drinking games and fell over before this show was over. Or, again, I <laughs> I had the debate on whether I should do the adult beverages or the shots of NyQuil throughout the night last night with the drinking games during the SOTU Tuesday, the State of the Union Tuesday that we had. The lies, the misinformation. We knew it was coming, but good golly, it just makes you cringe every time you watch it. I know most individuals that I saw even on social media said I didn't want anything to do with it. I didn't even try to watch the uh, speech from last night, which, good for you, we'll play the highlighted clips here on the program here in just a little bit. Welcome into the program, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the program, we always love you to death and appreciate you. Although, I will say we don't have the video today, because if you did see me, I would look like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And Christmas is over, so we don't need that visual in your mind right now. So actually, uh, Mr. Voice of Reason today is hunkering down from the Hoosier Media Network bunkers today for the first time for this program. And we're excited to do so. But we do not have the video feed going on today just because I am. I, I hyped up myself up on so much medication today just to be able to get on the show. We were going to hear a best of uh, the program today, but... With the State of the Union last night, I couldn't go without commenting. So here we are, and we're ready to rock and roll. Podcast will be up here in just a little bit as well. Bottom of the hour, we have Congressman Tracy Mann. He's from the 1st District from right here in the state of Kansas. He's a great friend, former lieutenant governor here in the state as well. Uh, for those that live outside of the state of Kansas, it's pretty much if you just draw a line right down the middle of the state, his district is the entire western half of the state. That's how big his district is. He covers a lot of ground, obviously a lot of rural communities as well, and he's a wonderful individual. We've had him on the show before, and we'll get him on here in just a little bit to get an update from his thoughts sitting in the chamber of the uh, House of Representatives for the State of the Union from last night, which was, as we mentioned, an absolute disaster. What I will say, the most optimistic part of it, there's two things to take away from that, was if you watched it, and you were cringing the entire time. The best part of the entire speech was watching the reaction of Kevin McCarthy behind Joe Biden shake his head and try not to laugh through half of the speech. And then the House representatives and the members of the Republican Party yelling out to Joe Biden. I know it's unprofessional, and normally I don't like it. Normally you're supposed to be civil even if you disagree, you barely clap, or you don't stand up. Remember, presidents, when they speak at the State of the Union, they get judged on how long they speak, They uh, get judged on how many times they get interrupted with applause, and it's some kind of like score that some experts for whatever reason keep, but last night, I don't know how long it was, I don't really care, I don't care how many times he was interrupted, because to me, those numbers don't matter any longer. It's about partisanship. When it's a Republican president, then the Republicans stand up and interrupt. When it's a Democrat president, the Democrats stand up and applause. So it really doesn't matter any longer, but I'm all about civility. I'm about trying to, if even if we disagree, we're just not going to you know, applaud or stand up, but we're just going to stay silent and let you do your stupid rhetoric. I'm glad, though, last night it happened 
because boy, oh boy, uh, the lies, the absolute falsehood, misinformation, hashtag fake news lies that was spewing from Joe Biden last night was absolutely absurd. And we knew it was going to happen right out of the gate where he tried to claim victory for all the jobs that were created in the nation. The story of America is a story of progress and resilience, of always moving forward, of never, ever giving up. It's a story unique among all nations. We're the only country that has emerged from every crisis we've ever entered stronger than we got into it. Look, folks, that's what we're doing again. Two years ago, the economy was reeling. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs. More jobs created in two years than any president's created in four years because of you all, because of the American people. Okay, that's just not true. That's inaccurate. It's a lie. He says 12 million jobs created. Never before did we ever create so many jobs in a two-year term, especially even four years of any president in the history of the United States. You cannot, and we'll repeat this again for the other side of the aisle because I understand they're a little bit slow sometimes, so we'll try to play you know, the handicap version for you here economically. You cannot say that there is a COVID-19 pandemic or any type of pandemic or an emergency that's going on, shut everybody down, Tell them they're not allowed to go to work, that they need to go on government assistance, that you're not allowed to be in public, that you have to close doors as a small business. That is your livelihood, by the way. You cannot force them to do that and then say, all right, it's all done. You can come back and then say, wow, look at all the job growth we had. That doesn't work. It's a lie. They said the same thing with the reduction of the deficit as well, which he did later on in the program. In the last two years, my administration has cut the deficit by more than $1.7 trillion. The largest deficit reduction in American history. Oh, really? $1.7 trillion reduction in the deficit. Again, that's a lie. Now, if you remember where he's getting these numbers is that during the COVID-19 pandemic and during the last year of the Trump administration and during the beginning of the Biden administration, we passed these massive and I mean massive COVID-19 relief packages for the nation. The PPP loans, the additional unemployment for individuals, the all the money, the millions upon millions of dollars that are going into your states and your local cities and your counties and your board of education right now, that's where that money came from. That was on top of the regular budget. That was $2 trillion on top of what we normally spend on a normal year. They raised the debt ceiling then. They allowed that additional expenditure outside of the budget for $2 trillion he reduces that by not respending that amount again, and it says, oh, I cut the deficit by $1.7 trillion. It's, it's not true. We're almost back to normal spending until, of course, he spends the money for the Inflation Reduction Act and, of course, the omnibus package that we just passed back in December. So we're back up above what we should be spending, but we're not spending the $2 trillion on top of the normal budget that was the COVID-19 relief. Again, the misinformation blew my mind last night the lies and i know it burns you up as much as it burns me up and i know i don't have to continue to beat the dead horse but the fact of the matter is that the vast majority of americans a large portion that read these things or listen to that speech and don't know any better think wow he's doing a really great job what in the world are republicans throwing a fit about when it comes to the debt ceiling issues because well they're just holding up government and not allowing government to do their job mind-blowing isn't it let's go back to it here uh clip number seven on the debt ceiling with trump another lie nearly 25 percent of the entire national debt 
that took over 200 years to accumulate was added by just one administration alone, the last one. They're the facts. Check it out. (laughs) Check it out. Check it out. How did Congress respond to that debt? They did the right thing. They lifted the debt ceiling three times without preconditions or crisis. Wow. Wow. Ties right into the last one, right? We spent $2 trillion for a COVID-19 relief. Then he says, well, look at that. Trump doubled, triple, quadrupled the amount of debt. Look at that. We've never had so much debt during one administration in our lifetime before. Look at how bad Donald Trump was after we told you that you need to spend a stimulus package because we shut down everybody. After we told you not to go to work, after we told you that we need to spend massive amounts of money at the federal level, now we blame you for shutting down the economy, for getting rid of jobs, for spending too much money, creating a deficit, and now I'm here to save the day at the end of it. Dude, does anybody seriously believe this garbage? Does anybody really still believe that that is the truth that went on last night? Uh, He also went on, uh, we could talk about all the issues, we don't need to really go through each and every one of those. I will say, though, that, out again, the entire most entertaining piece of this entire thing was Kevin McCarthy that was smiling, shaking his head, trying not to laugh. The Republicans that just went off on Joe Biden, which is probably one of my favorite clips of this entire thing last night. So my many, some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it, unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Oh, my. Oh, my. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You enjoy what? You know, it means conversion. if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant but it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Backtrack. track it. Look, folks, the idea is that we're not going to be, we're, we're not going to be. <laughs> Backtrack. Backtrack. Wait a second. See, this is why, again, normally I don't like the interruptions because it's disrespectful and we're not about the person we're not about the party it's about the position at that time let the president say his deal or her deal although we haven't had one of those and then we'll figure it out as we go on later but the absolute lies the media has been promoting this the democrats have been promoting this the biden administration's been promoting it is the fact that republicans want to cut social security they want to cut medicare and medicaid they want to cut these social programs and let people die in the streets and it's just not true now i will say if he wants to actually have a deeper conversation about those that we need to look at the future and not cut the programs for those that are on it right now but set up a new plan for the younger generation my generation to actually have social security or something like that when we get to the age of retirement that needs to be a conversation 
But to cut it for those that are on it right now, no, I'm sorry. That's not true. And while we don't like the interruptions, usually that was desperately needed. Calling him a liar, making him backtrack. Imagine a president of the United States speaking to the American people in the tens of millions of viewers and has to backtrack on his own speech because he got called out for the lies that he's been spreading on there about how Republicans want people to die in the streets and not care about their benefits. It's not true. And we showed that last night. And Democrats couldn't do anything about it. Republicans finally stood up. This is the party we've been looking for for a long time. This is the party that's been needed forever is to finally have a backbone and say enough is enough. You cannot use your rhetoric and the mainstream media to bully us because you don't like some of the stuff that we're promoting or that we're doing. You will not win. It will not work. And we will not allow that any longer. And that's what Republicans did last night. So I applaud them for that and it needs to continue and we need to start using as the media has been oh look at that republicans working with the mainstream media again we need to use the mainstream media along with our own platforms last night during the state of the union speech my twitter feed was nothing and i repeat nothing but tweets from lauren bobert and marjorie taylor green really the two people that i really cared about hearing from anyways during that event because they were hilarious to watch shaking their heads standing up and yelling at joe biden the entire twitter feed of my entire page was nothing on my on my newsfeed except for lauren bobert and marjorie taylor green because we're sick and tired of having the misinformation be spread out there every single day and we're not going to take it anymore and that's what happened last night. When we come back, we got to take a break here. When we come back, we have some more of these clips. But the Republican Party finally having enough. Kevin McCarthy trying to keep people somewhat quiet. At the same time, it was kind of hilarious because he chuckled under his breath as well. The lies from the Democrats are being exposed. They can't hide behind the mainstream media anymore. Is Joe Biden the undoing of the Democrat Party? We'll do some more of that when we come back here right here on The Voice Reason for a midweek celebration. Stay here. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome back into the Voice of Reason. 24 minutes past the hour. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us for a midweek celebration. As we are rocking it today, the SOTU Tuesday response, State of the Union, the lies, the misinformation. Again, I love the fact that Republicans stood their ground last night and let everybody know, including the president, what's really up, because we're not going to take that crap any longer, accusing us of garbage that we're not actually doing. Again, if you want to have an actual, legitimate, reasonable conversation about long-term social programs, yeah, let's have those because we don't need them and we can find alternative ways in the private market like usual to take care of individuals here's the here's the entire thing last night's speech was was joe biden's presidential campaign speech of 2024 what was the main theme of that that he said the entire time finish the job let's get the job done we still have work to go we did some good stuff but we have some more work to do let's get the job done he's gone back into the typical campaign politician rhetoric of we've started projects but it's an eight-year project a 10-year project it's a long-term Keep electing me because it's not going to be done in the allotted time that I have in my one term. That was the theme from last night's speech. And while he's talked about trying to cap prices for health care, cap prices for insulin and go after big pharma and whatever he had to say. Remember those? Yeah, we need to buy America. We need to price things because we need uh, we need the uh, insulin and Medicaid to be covered. We need Medicare to be covered and we need pharmaceuticals to come down. (laughs) 
so many things that we did are only now coming to fruition. We said we were doing this, and we said we passed the law to do it, but people didn't know because the law didn't take effect until January 1 of this year. We capped the cost of insulin at $35 a month for seniors on Medicare. People are just finding out. I'm sure you're getting the same calls I'm getting. Look, there are millions of other Americans who do not or are not on Medicare, including 200,000 young people with type 1 diabetes and need this insulin to stay alive. Let's finish the job this time. Let's cap the cost of insulin for everybody at $35. Now, I know this is politics, and we usually have a short-term memory loss here when it comes to political issues because there's so many current events being thrown at us all at the same time. But I don't know if you remember or not, Donald Trump had already done that. Donald Trump had already signed an executive order to lower pharmaceutical prices for everything, including insulin, because, yes, The prices for pharmaceuticals and medication here in this nation compared to other nations around the world is the worst. And we can all admit that largely thanks to Obamacare with the U.S. government consuming near a sixth of the U.S. economy with the healthcare industry because their entire purpose is government needs to be involved in everything when government, in fact, does not need to be involved in everything. But these things were already done on day one of the Biden administration. He had stopped it. He had reversed the executive orders from Donald Trump. And now he's saying he's doing those things on his own when it's a blatant, full-on lie. And it's just not true again with the misinformation that came out of the speech from last night. If you want to lower medications, here's what you do. And it's a wild concept, I know, but hear me out for just a second. You get the government out. You deregulate. You let the private market decide what they need. Because if a company for whatever that product may be, whether it's a pharmaceutical, whether it's uh, some type of gas or energy, whether it's when you deregulate and you let the private market figure it out, guess what happens? The price balances out to where the most amount of consumers can purchase it and the companies still make a profit. That happy medium, that supply in demand free market laissez-faire capitalist system that we had. I know Joe Biden said he was a capitalist last night. I laughed hysterically. I spit out my NyQuil through my nose. It was a great time. So he can say it all he wants to. Doesn't mean that it's actually true. Because as he talks about democracy, which we don't have a democracy, we have a constitutional republic, but as he talked about being a democracy last night and trying to focus on the private market for individuals and businesses and small business growing and things doing well, all he said the solutions were, were government control, government regulations, and government mandate. Kind of the opposite of the solutions that we need in this country. Lots more coming up right around the corner. Stay here on The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into The Voice of Reason. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. As always, really happy to have this guy back on the program, Ben, a little bit, as we kick off the 2023 session. And after, obviously, the State of the Union from the President of the United States, 
What a lot to talk about. Excited to have on the program from the big first district in the state of Kansas. And for those that don't live in the state of Kansas, it's really the entire western half of the state if you draw the line right down the middle of the state. Excited to have on the program Congressman Tracy Mann. Congressman, how are you, my friend? Hey, great joining you. Thanks for having me today. You know, the district um, stretches now all the way east and includes Lawrence. Man. So it's really, you know, it's a very large uh, district, but it's an honor to get to represent it once again in Congress. Yeah, it is great to have you in there. I remember, and we've talked about this before, when you were lieutenant governor, being able to chat with you many times. And I'm so excited you're in D.C. And what a way to kick off the year. You guys have had a fascinating time already with our new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, that's allowing actually Republican and conservative agendas to happen, getting the right people on certain committees. And then we had this, the State of the Union last night that, to me, was nothing more than an entertainment because I couldn't understand Joe Biden half the time. He was talking way too fast. He was mumbling. And then he gets in this weird yelling phase where he just feels like he has to yell for some reason. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot to cover, Andy, and appreciate what you do and that you do it so well. I think, you know, we zoom out a little bit, and we can talk about last night uh, quite a bit here, but big picture, uh, the biggest change in Washington is is not just who the speaker is, but who the speaker is not. And it's no longer Nancy Pelosi. Um, <laughs> politically, she is basically irrelevant. You know, she is not, um, you know, she is not leading her party anymore. anymore. Last night when you watch the State of the Union, sitting behind the president is not uh, a Democrat. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is a Republican. Kevin McCarthy, which changes everything when we look at legislation that we can push forward and is importantly legislation that we're going to prevent happening. No more of these huge spending and to really try to provide some oversight and get this uh, oversight and get this administration back on track. Yeah, boy, it is really nice. Let's talk about some of the major issues that he touched on last night. Uh, obviously, the big one is the debt ceiling. We've already, I mean, Congressman, we're three weeks into January when it officially hit. Now we're into February, and we're already out of money. We've hit our debt ceiling. We can't spend any more. And they're blaming Republicans for not working with them on just just loosely raising the debt ceiling without any discussion of what we could do to cut spending are we going to hold our ground here? And will we say, no, we can't just loosey-goosey raise the debt ceiling when we're already with our debt at a 100% of our national GDP? This is unsustainable. It's absolutely unsustainable. You know, we're $32 trillion in debt, Andy. Um, stat I heard yesterday is um, at this rate, we're going to pay over $10 trillion just to service the debt mm-hmm. um, over the next 15 years. I mean, it's it's remarkable and, and so, you know, when I think family, if you max out your credit card, it's irresponsible to just go out and get another one or, or raise the limit of that card without having a discussion about spending and how you got here in the first place. I think it's responsible and reasonable to have a discussion and to make some changes um, in regards to our spending instead of just blindly raising the debt limit because we're going to hit it again. Uh, if we don't make some significant changes in the way that that we're spending money in this country federally. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And they didn't talk about any of that last night. In fact, one of the most entertaining parts of the speech last night was when the uh, when Joe Biden had talked about the uh, supposed plan from Republicans wanting to cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and the booze that came from the Republican side saying, no, that's not what anybody's trying to do. We just want to make sure that we're not spending on other ridiculous, absurd projects. But the narrative from the Democrats is, well, the social programs are going to get hit and everybody's going to die in the streets because Republicans are unwavering on wanting to cut these programs. It kind of called him on his it called him out on his spot, didn't it? It, it, it? Well, it did. And, you know, I was sitting there and when he says the Republicans plan to 
cut Social Security and Medicare, which is completely a lie. Uh, mm-hmm. That is not true. That has never been discussed. I've never been in a meeting, closed door or otherwise, where that, I mean, that, that is off the table. Yeah. Um, for him to say that, and then he gets booze and a lot of pushback from the audience. It really did kind of step it back a little bit. And then he said, well, not everybody, uh, just, just uh, a few people uh, in your party. Um, and then, then is, all, is all I'm saying. And then literally verbally, you could hear members shouting back, that, don't say it. Yeah. Um, if he wants to talk about what some members um, in parties are doing, I mean, you know, he's not willing to talk about how he's got socialists in his party. Uh, we had a bill last week, Andy, condemning socialism. And there were over 100 members of Congress. This is like as easy of a no-brainer yes vote um, as, as there is. You have 100 members of his party that would either voted no or voted present, which means they are unwilling to condemn socialism. But he's not willing to talk about that. Of course um, not. Last night's speech was um, delusional at times. I mean, it was just wild, some of the things and accusations he made. They were just untrue. Things like, and if you caught the line where he said, Um, basically blaming the border on the fact that Republicans won't fund his border security plan. And I'm just checking out like, what, what are you talking about? (laughs) I mean, you you are, you are the sole blame of this situation, the border. Um, Don't be trying to blame other people for it. It it was, it was actually kind of made you shake your head many, many times. Oh, absolutely. It made you shake your head. I mean, I don't know how he could even mention the, the topic of fentanyl without saying we need to shut down the border and then blame you guys for not shutting down the border. It was very confusing to me how they tried to twist that one. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, my takeaway from last night, uh, that was a speech aimed at his left flank. Like it, it struck me that either, one, maybe he really believes this crazy stuff, or two, he is concerned about threats going into his election from his left um, because that was not a speech um, that, that would be given with someone that has any intentions of trying to work with Republicans to get anything done legislatively in the next two years. Yeah, it's unbelievable. We're talking with Congressman Tracy Mann from the big first district here in the state of Kansas, where I hail from with our flagship radio station. Let's focus on, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's go into the Farm Bill. I know you're obviously on the Ag Committee. you got a lot of rural community in your area, and uh, the agricultural industry has been huge because we're seeing Eggs triple in price. We're seeing meat skyrocket across the nation. We're seeing the uh, the avian flu. We're seeing, uh, we talk about fentanyl and stuff coming from the border. We've seen contraband of eggs and chickens coming over the border by 105% increases compared to last year because of the insane prices going on right now. Can we get uh, food prices back under control here relatively soon? Well, this is a result of Joe Biden's economy and his policies. So, yeah, I'm on the Ag Committee again this term. Our first meeting was actually this morning. I'm delighted to get to serve on it. My, my district is one of the largest ag producing districts in the country. Um, but, but you know, I mean, and, and, and we've got to get ag policy right because food security is national security. And we're a free, the free country are for many reasons, one of which is the fact that we have never had to rely on another country for our food. If we get ag policy wrong, and that changes like it's changed um, in the oil and gas industry, how we have to import uh, oil overseas. Yeah. If we start importing our food, we are in an entirely different spot as a nation. So we got to work to make sure that we never, ever let that happen. These policies from the radical left 
that Biden's been putting forward puts us absolutely in the wrong direction so far as agriculture and food policy. Yeah, that is scary. That was the next question I had for you was the energy market was we see gas prices continue to climb as well. We're in the off season right now, which means gas prices should be relatively low before Memorial Day, before the summer hits when people want to travel. And we're still seeing here in Kansas, especially and across the nation, average gas prices over $3 a gallon, which is insanity. Can we get energy prices back down? And is there an opportunity to force the Biden administration to actually allow us to start drilling domestically again instead of relying on OPEC that's relying on Russian oil when we said we we didn't want Russian oil in the first place. Yeah, Andy, this it just makes no sense. Um, <clears throat> can we? Absolutely. Is the Biden administration going to be willing to? We're going to see. So far, they, they have not been. You know, when the Keystone XL pipeline got shut down, understand that the amount of crude that that pipeline would have brought into our country from Canada, you know, our best ally, uh, friendly neighbor to the north, is almost the exact same amount, Andy, that we have been buying from Putin. Um, so it makes no sense. You know, you know, President Biden um, shuts down the construction of that pipeline, um, yet, you know, they finished the Nord Stream pipeline so Russia could sell its oil to Europe. I mean, it's just up is down and down is up. You can't vilify an industry. You can't add regulations. You can't make it so difficult for oil and gas producers to do business and expect that there won't be a decline in supply which raises, you know, the price. And, and so Joe Biden is absolutely to blame for these high gas and energy prices that we're seeing in our country right now. It is unfortunate. We're talking with Congressman Tracy Mann from the 1st District of the state of Kansas. So let's talk about the Farm Bill for a second. I know that as of last year, we were slightly behind the deadline or the schedule to at least discuss it, talk about what's going to be included in it, and revamping the Farm Bill for 2023. How is that process going, and uh, are you feeling optimistic as we go through the year here already? Yeah, well, I'm glad that Ag Committee is meeting and we're, and we're moving forward. Farm bills are typically five-year bills, and this current one expires September 30th of this year. Mm-hmm. So we have some time, but we need to get uh, we need to get going on it. Um, our, our current chairman, I think, will do a good job um, leading the Ag Committee. Um, my priorities, you know, crop insurance is such an important risk management tool for ag producers. It results. It's the most cost-efficient way to have a stable food supply. A very successful public-private partnership. So strengthening and making sure that that um, remains intact will be a high priority. But a lot of work still to do in the farm bill. You know, think about this summer. We have a debt limit coming up. Uh, we'll be in farm bill negotiations, discussions this spring and summer. And there's FAA reauthorization as well. So there's some big things that Congress has got to get done over the next few months. Yeah. Is there any inclusion on this bill or is it in a separate bill, do you think, regarding the concern of China buying up land in the United States and especially agricultural land where that is a cause for concern, where, as you mentioned, if we want to be self-sufficient on our food, which there's no reason why we shouldn't be on having foreign countries actually coming up and grabbing all of our agricultural land. It's crazy the way that we've allowed the Chinese and other foreign countries to buy large swaths of farmland near our military bases. Um, I, you know, I've co-sponsored legislation on legislation that would prevent this. Um, I think we have a look at, at buying it back or, or reclaiming it. Um, I don't think the farm bill is the best place to do it, but I think it should be its own standalone. And so far, there has been, you know, its own standalone bill that, that's been introduced that's working its way through way past time we addressed this. The Chinese have taken advantage of us, in my view, a for far too long. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. 
with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Last segment here, moving right along for a midweek celebration, the SOTU Tuesday State of the Union recap that we have today. Thanks again to Congressman Tracy Mann from the 1st District here in Kansas coming on the program. Always appreciate him. By the way, as usual, that interview went longer than what we can broadcast here on the program. So with all our other, just like those that we do with our other recorded interviews, we have the special feature podcast that'll be up on the show after the regular podcast is released. You can hear that interview in its entirety. Great information. We always appreciate him and we'll get him back on the show again here real soon. I used the analogy a little bit earlier, but I really want to hone this in because the other side, I get it. They're a little slow sometimes. So we have to break things down into the uh, elementary version for you. Uh, So I want to use this analogy for just a second while they say that we need to expand these projects, because this really what it comes down to is Joe Biden said the job's not done. We need to spend massive amounts of money again. We don't need to question the debt ceiling. We just need to raise it without question. We need to do all this stuff, right? That's what they want. He even got mad with us questioning or even wanting to think about repealing the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, some members here are threatening, and I know it's not an official party position, so I'm not going to exaggerate, but threatening to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. As my coach, that's okay. That's fair. As my football coach used to say, lots of luck in your senior year. (laughs) Make no mistake, if you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. The what again? If you try to repeal the what? I I didn't catch that. Can we do that again, please? I didn't quite catch that. Now, some members here are threatening, and I know it's not an official party position, so I'm not going to exaggerate, but threatening to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. As my coach, that's okay, that's fair. As my football coach used to say, lots of luck in your senior year. (laughs) Make no mistake, if you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. If you try to raise the cost of jobs, I will veto it. I'm not quite sure exactly what that means. I don't know what that means, but that was Joe Biden. Uh, Apparently, so remember, the Inflation Reduction Act was the bill that spent massive amounts of money without actually lowering inflation because it spent money vast majority on green new initiatives, which I'm not quite sure how that lowers inflation in any way, shape, or form. But that's what the essential the bill was. And then he got mad because Republicans didn't support it. So now he says that if we try to repeal it because we want to raise the jobs, then he's going to repeal the bill, I don't know what that exactly means, but yeah, we need to repeal that. See, here's the thing, and he tried to tread lightly on that because of the whole being called out during the wanting to cut off social programs for individuals, as that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yes, we want to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. It does not lower inflation. In fact, inflation is still at six and a half, seven percent across the nation right now. Yes, we want to repeal it because all it did was spend massive amounts of money that contributed to reaching the debt ceiling, by the way, right now in this nation since it was passed last fall during this still, as far as I'm aware, right? It was still during this same fiscal budget year. That's ironic, isn't it? And if we repealed that, that are green initiatives, global warming crap that he tried to invest in, we could have more money freed up to, I don't know, pay our normal debt where we're paying trillions upon trillions of dollars in interest rates on their own because of how much the debt is, which, by the way, is 100% of our GDP. So here's the analogy to put it into perspective for you. You go into a store to buy a hat. Normally, hats are what, 30 40 50 bucks. No, no, no. They're going to charge you $1,000 for the hat. Now, you can go one of two ways here. 
the way the Democrats want to do it and the way that Joe Biden said for every single issue last night was that you just need to go to the government. You need to get a grant program to afford the hat so they can send you the check so you can afford to get the hat at $1,000. You're not paying $1,000 out of your pocket. I mean, you are with your taxpayer money, but you're doing it with the government assistance because you really, really need that hat. The top of your head burns because the sun's really bright and really, really hot, and therefore you have to have the hat for medical reasons. You could do that, or you could do the rational thing is not buy the hat. And when you don't buy the hat and no one else buys the hat as well, then guess what? The store either goes out of business or they start lowering their prices so that way you can afford it and they can still make a profit and you can still buy it because in the supply-demand chain, they try to find that happy medium price for the most amount of consumers to price it. And when you use that analogy for healthcare insurance or for pharmaceuticals and your insulin or whatever the product is there or whether it's gas or energy or whether it's student loans in higher education instead of getting out loans that you can't afford and then begging the government to forgive them imagine that you could actually just afford it yourself because it's affordable and they're still making some money and you can afford it and it's a happy win-win and guess what the one common denominator that's not involved in that entire factor is the government what a wild concept, I know. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Special feature as well. Until then, we're back at it tomorrow for a pre-Friday celebration. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow.